Hey, Jared Krause, host of the Buying Online Businesses podcast. And in this episode, I'm speaking with Ben Adler, who's the founder of keywordchef.com, a website investor and niche website builder. And in this podcast episode, Ben and I specifically talk about his experience of buying a website and then selling another one of his websites. We talk about what he would do differently if buying another website as well. We also talk about how to rank with good keywords and find good keywords. We also talk about why most content sucks on many niche websites and how to make your content better. And we talk about so much more. Guys, this is such a valuable episode. If you own a content website, or you're thinking about owning a content website, make sure you don't miss this jam-packed, valuable episode. Before we get stuck into the episode, I want to tell you that this podcast is not the only way I can help you for free. I have my due diligence framework 2.0, which a lot of people have been raving out, which helps you not only look out for what uh, is wrong with a website business, but it includes questions to ask the seller when you're doing due diligence on a particular website. To get that, go to buyingonlinebusinesses.com forward slash free resources, and there's some other cool, awesome resources on that page too. Let's check it out. Do you want to start investing in websites but don't want to drop $20,000 or more on your first investment? Check out Odis, where you can buy premium age domains to build a website on and add Odis done for you affiliate site package to help you grow your website and get seen. Instead of buying a crummy website that's been built to sell with no authority, buy a premium domain with built-in authority, great SEO, and fresh quality content for your website. Head to odys.link forward slash Bob podcast to check out their great deals. That's odys.link forward slash B-O-B podcast. Link will be in the description too. Today's episode is brought to us by Niche Website Builders, which is a company a few of my clients are using and have used for content creation and link building services. They do everything from start to finish. So from keyword research all the way to uploading your completed article for you. We've also had Bob members buy ready-made affiliate sites built by Niche Website Builders. So if you're looking to outrank your competitors' content and build better backlinks, Niche Website Builders and I have a special deal for you. Head to nichewebsite.builders forward slash Bob. I'll put a link in the show notes for you. But again, that's www.nichewebsite.builders forward slash Bob. Hey, Ben, thanks for coming on the Bob podcast and welcome. Hey, Jared. Thanks. So I'm, I'm excited for this chat. Just some of the things we've just spoke about before we hit the record buttons are some really juicy content for our listeners and I'm really excited to hear your experience and, and some stories as well. But for those of you who don't know who Ben is, Ben's a member in one of our Ezoic, well, an Ezoic influencer group and that's how we, we met. And yeah, I just wanted to get you on because I know that you got some great experience in the content space. So thanks for coming on. Now, you mentioned that you've bought sites and you've sold sites. So tell me like what led you to the buying and then what led you to the selling of those sites? Yeah, so they were different sites. I bought one site before and I've sold one site. So the site I sold, I sold it last year and it started off as a Amazon review website. And that was really my first successful website ever. And I don't recommend review websites anymore, but that's what I thought niche websites were supposed to be. So that's what I built. And it wasn't a niche that I was particularly passionate about. You know, I got, I got tired of working on it. And when you don't own these products yourself, it's 
kind of hard to write really good content sometimes. And traffic started to decline. And if I wasn't going to work on it anymore, I might as well get rid of it. So <laughs> it's stressful too when you have a website that keeps going down. So I was very happy to get rid of that, rid of that website. That particular website I sold on through a broker called Investors.club, and they were brand new at the time, so there was like no, there were no seller fees, which was good for me. I think they have seller fees now, maybe like five percent. But I saved a little bit of money going with them on the fee, and then <laughs> since my traffic was declining, it wasn't the hardest, it wasn't the easiest thing to to get rid of. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And plus, there was COVID. COVID was happening as well, so people weren't spending as much money. <laughs> yeah, it's a t- it was a tough time to sell. But then again, if you had have held on to it until now when the multiples are pretty good, the traffic, you still would have had a hard time selling it anyway. So I think it's a good time to sell. In fact, I sold a business in March last year. 2020, yeah, sold a business in March last year, 2020. And I, I was just... I basically just gave it away because I let it. I let it go. I didn't have time for it, and it is sad. It is frustrating getting rid of something that you put a lot of work into, and it's just slowly started to decline over time. Just because the competition now is so fierce with content sites and all different business models, everybody wants to get online to start an online business or buy an online business and and replace their income. I want to talk about the competition very, very shortly. Actually, let's touch on that now. So you, I I went through and and, and sort of checked you out and you got a very similar story to me. You went through a lot of failures. Like I went through years and I'm still failing, let's be honest. I went through so many failures and then it was pretty hard for me to start making money online. And then I eventually got past that barrier and... I want to ask you, do you find that, because you're starting websites now, do you find it the barrier point, the entry to barrier, getting harder and harder for people that are wanting to start a, a content site? Well, I, I want to make a point out the difference between like content sites versus like just like a review website. Mm, yeah, yeah. Affiliate versus info. Yeah, exactly. So when I first, the website I sold, it was mostly a review website, you know, doing product reviews and stuff like that. When I made that website, it had very little competition. That was six years ago. And that is what made it so successful is because, you know, I was I was on top of Google for two or three years, like number one or number two spot. When he searched for, you know, my niche reviews, I was up there in rankings. Yeah. And I didn't do anything special when it came to backlinks. I just wrote really good content. And, you know, over time, you know, people started finding the niche and my competitors, I would check their backlinks and they had all, all these PBNs and like I had better content. So that was, that was frustrating for me because like, why is this, this website was beating me just because they had a budget to buy backlinks, you know, like yeah. I, that was frustrating. Yeah. It is frustrating because... I don't want to play that game. That backlink game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And what I start to see now is it's, it used to be that you could start an online business like six years ago or longer five years ago or longer, and you could just do it with some sweat equity and some hard work, right? And it wouldn't cost you like dollars. Now it's, I can see that it's starting to become a a pay to play game. Like you said, people can come in and just go, all right, cool. I've got a site. I'll just put whatever content out there, but put a bunch of backlinks, you know, PBNs there and they can start to, not that that's, you know, Google's going to update and, and, and weed out these people over time, but like, I feel it's more of a pay to play game, right? What do you think about that? 
for review sites, yes. Like Google actually came out with an update that seemed to resolve that issue per se about <laughs> people having unoriginal content and just using backlinks to rank. I think for like regular info sites, we are not doing reviews, but just you know answering people's questions. I, I think there's a lot of opportunity where you can succeed without spending a whole lot of money if you know how to find the right keywords and write good content. Because I'm still writing articles today without backlinks. And you know if I find the right keyword and write a decent article with regular SEO, it'll start ranking. So it's, it's just a matter of being skilled at, at picking out those keywords that you want to write about. Yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, there, there's a lot of competition, but it also comes down to like gaining that skill set to find the keywords that will get you ranked. Yeah, and so... Did you, is that your experience? Like, yeah. Well... We, I don't write contents and I don't do keyword research. We have a team that do the keyword research and the writing and we can get ranked for articles if we're good at it. Uh, And, you know, sometimes we'll hire somebody that's not the greatest writer, but we've got a great, you know, we've got a great keyword in it and it won't get ranked because the writing's not great or the piece of content's not great. And same, you know, experience that you may may have had as well. And I, I think that, you can you can go two ways, right? You can put a lot of money into do it yourself, right? And and learning the education mm-hmm. and doing it yourself, or you can put a lot of money into tools and resources and education for your team to do it and and then pay, you know. That's what I call, you know, paying to play. Personally, I'm not a great writer. <laughs> I'm not great at keyword research and yeah. I'm better off having somebody else do it for me. So I feel that it's more of a, a pay to play game especially for me, but for yourself. And what I see is that you, you're getting results being able to do it yourself. And this is honestly awesome to hear for people that are listening to the podcast and thinking, all right, I want to buy a content site or even start a content website, which isn't the route that I suggest, but they can do it off their own back without having to pay a lot of money. Cause you know, some people want to get into the space without, you know, without having a big bank account, like some of these big hedge funds and stuff like that. So maybe we should, you know, let's talk about keyword research and and writing articles. Like you've been doing this for many years now, keyword research. What are some of the main things or tools that you would use for keyword research and the main things that you would highlight for somebody wanting to get good at keyword research? So I actually built my own tool called Keyword Chef and it basically finds questions that people are asking so you can answer them on your website. And that's, that's what the point of a search engine is for is to what's the url is it keywordchef.com yep keywordchef.com all right we'll link to that check that out guys thanks <laughs> but if you're if you want to go like the completely free route you can still find good keywords it just takes a little bit of time and know-how so if you hop on google and you um you know you start typing in a search query you'll see the auto suggest drop down and all those suggestions that you see are actual keywords that people are looking for so Google is telling you keywords for free, basically. So what you can do is try out little phrases and then check the search results. And if you see like forums ranking or other sites with user-generated content, that's usually a good sign of low competition. And if you write a, a decent article that's you know SEO optimized, you, you should be able to rank on the first page using this method. It's not all the time, but your chances of success are much higher doing it this way. But yeah, back to your point, Jared, you said it's a pay-to-play game and I see what you mean now like if you're not paying for content you're still paying it with your time you're paying one way or another either time time or money time is a limited resource so if you really want to scale you need to like 
go the paid route, I think, because like for me, I, if I write every day, I'll get burned out, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and I just like that you, the, you're, you're telling us now that we can just pay with our time because that's, you know, some people don't have a lot of money, but they've, they've got more time than they do money, which is great for them wanting to start out, you know, and maybe they have, you know, $10,000 they want to buy or $5,000 and they want to buy a website and then they can go, all right, cool. That's going to be a big chunk of my budget, but then I can learn how to do keyword research and the writing and create superior articles or update the content and still get a great result and then, you know, flip it, right? This is what a lot of people are coming to content websites for is to, is to not just make the passive income, which is what I wanted to do, but they want to buy something, flip it, and then buy another one and, and do that route. And uh, before we jumped on air, you mentioned to me that you bought uh, you bought a website. Tell me about your experience buying. Is this the first website that you bought? Tell me about that, that experience. Yeah, my first website. Congrats. Thanks. <laughs> it was actually a good learning experience. So there's a few Facebook groups out there where people can buy and sell websites. So someone posted a website and... I forget the numbers. It was making, he claimed it was making $20 a month or something. Mm. And he was selling it for $400. And, you know, what if websites go for 30 times their average monthly revenue, that website should be evaluated at $600, yep. 30 times 20. And he was selling it for 400 So I thought, this is a good deal. Maybe I can throw Ezoke Premium on there, boost the revenue even higher, and then flip it for, you know, maybe over 1000 with minimal work. Mm. And I didn't quite do my due diligence. You know, the traffic seemed to be declining like a week or two before the sale happened. And then I, I should have checked the uh, Google Analytics. I didn't check Google Search Console either. So that was that was a mistake on my part. And traffic wasn't as good as I thought. And I think he was only earning that much because he had like a big full page AdSense ad that covered the whole screen. So I think most of his revenue was coming from that ad. So poor user experience on the site, you would say? Yeah, I, I removed it because it was super spammy, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I looked at the site and a lot of the articles didn't have featured images. So I thought if I put a featured image on with an alt tag and stuff and fix a lot of the grammar mistakes in the article, that would boost SEO. So I spent, there were 100 articles on the website. So that's pretty good. You know, I started editing socks. Yeah, I started editing the articles and it like, you know, a hundred takes a long time to edit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I ended up hiring someone for $300 to go through and edit the articles. And I did about 25 myself. He did 75. And then a uh, funny thing is like, it still wasn't perfect the first time through. So I had him do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. But um, we, we actually, we finished it. To, we finished it together and uh, I, I, I paid him and uh so that was another $300 I spent editing the articles. Oh, I actually spent 500 on the website because someone else wanted it. So I said, you know, I'll give you 500 if you sell it to me now. Uh, cool. So I spent 800 total on the, on the website with the images and editing. And it's only making maybe 25 cents a day. So, you know, $15 a month right now. Yeah. So I don't know if I'll get my money back. Maybe if I find the right buyer or if traffic goes up. Or maybe it'll continue to improve over the next few months. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you're playing the long term game, right? You've just gone and yeah. you've just gone and uh, edited 100 articles. I don't know how long ago that was, but it, it may take a little while for Google to sort of recognize that. Yeah, it uh, might take and, a little bit. Sorry, what? Keep going. 
I'm, I'm very intrigued. <laughs> oh, yeah. It might take a little bit for uh, Google to catch on. And so That's have you done any as well. other changes to the to the site at all? It's mainly just taking off that, that big banner ad, I think it was, and then you know updating the articles. Are there any other changes that you've made? Or have you added new content or SEO work? Or No new content, no SEO work, besides the featured images with the alt tags. I changed the logo because the logo didn't look good at all. I added a little bio, established some like authority, like I was a real person. And that's pretty much it. I, I didn't want to spend a whole lot of time on it. I'm sure if I did, I could boost the rankings, but you know, <laughs> where's my yeah. time best spent right now? <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's a great lesson that you've, you've mentioned to people that they, on the podcast that the listeners may have not have picked up. And that is that you can have a website that makes more money but it can be, I can have a poor user experience or it could be a bit spammy. And this is something that people will do before they want to sell a site is they'll go more aggressive on the monetization of the, of the business to boost up the income and make the site look superior to what it was doing when they were just playing the long-term game. And I say long-term because I think it's more important to play the long-term game and and have a really good site with a good user experience. So, for example, I bought a site late last year and changed it over, got the ads running on my account, all that sort of stuff, and I was a bit more aggressive on the ads than the previous seller, which is which is great, right? Because I didn't want them to go too aggressive at this, you know, when they were selling it and make it look inflated. And I started earning far more ad revenue than the previous seller. And then I was like, well, hang on a second. We'll just do this for like, you know, a couple of weeks. And then I just turned off it from, I, I took away some of the more aggressive ads. And there were ads that were like pop-ups between pages, which oh, is yeah. terrible for a user experience. <laughs> and it got some great ad revenue, but it's not worth doing that, in my opinion, if you want to play the long-term game. So that's something I think people should be checking out when they're looking at purchasing a site and also optimizing their site for a long-term game and a better user experience. What do you think about that, Ben? Yeah, I mean, SEO is a long game for sure. And the other thing is too is like, I don't know what you want to call it, business integrity. Like I don't want to be pushing spammy websites just to make money. (laughs) Because you got values (laughs) and morals. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like Google has said specifically in their like guidelines to not, do intrusive pop-ups, you know, they'll, they'll eventually ding you for that. So coming back to the business that you bought, Ben, would you buy another one? And if you were to buy another one, what would you do differently or what would you do the same? Even I probably wouldn't buy another one just because like I'm busy with keyword chef right now and I don't have too much time to work on another niche website. But I mean, if I did have time and I, I might buy another one, I would certainly get access to like Google Analytics and Google Search Console. I don't like a lot of people I think miss not having access to Google Search Console. And that will tell you more data about like clicks and impressions and rankings and things like that. So you want to get that in addition to Google Analytics as well. And then double check the earnings report. I just took the person's word for it that they were earning that much. Obviously like well it was only twenty dollars a month. It's not that big of a deal. You know, compared compared to like $2,000 a month, you know, (laughs) obviously when there's more money involved, you want to do more due diligence, but yeah, just like, don't be lazy. Just, you know, check the reports. It's normal practice to 
have access, read, read only access to reports now when you're buying and selling websites. So don't be afraid to ask, ask for that data. That's excellent advice, especially the core web vitals. That's, you know, all the other things like Google Analytics access and all that sort of stuff is great, but the core web vitals is becoming more and more important, especially with this Google update that's coming or by the time that this has dropped, it may already be here or rolled out. So let's talk about SEO. What type of work do you lean into or SEO work do you lean into on your websites and and why? Yeah, so for my own websites, I like to go for like low competition keywords or I could write just like helpful informational articles around. They can still be monetized with display ads and affiliate links. They might not make as much money as your typical review article, but they can rank a lot faster. And I think they're more long-term because if you're writing about, you know, a blunder, like that blunder might be discontinued two years from now Yeah. compared to, you know, an article that you write around a evergreen topic that might be relevant several years from now. So I think informational articles, they're more stable. I think they're just better long-term because they're less competitive and they're more enjoyable to write, in my opinion, rather than doing review after review about products you don't necessarily care about. Uh, I think they're easier to read as well because it's not, it doesn't feel like you're getting sold to when you're reading an info article compared to yeah. when you're reading the the five best blenders of, of 2021. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, that's very like similar it. to 2020. <laughs> yeah, well, it's yeah, pretty similar. And then 2022, we'll, we'll have a new batch of Ninja blenders. <laughs> That, that, that we want to try to sell to you. The, uh, yeah. <laughs> What's well, another thing too? Like, like different blunders, they can be so similar when you're writing about them. So, so it's, it's kind of hard to write about too when you're talking about two very similar models. Yeah, for sure. And what are some of the, you know, this is important for your long-term game of on content. Is there any like on-page SEO that you, that you do or, you know, even off-page SEO? Yeah, I don't get too fancy. I mean, I'll use a keyword in my URL or it's called the slug in WordPress. I'll have it in my title. I'll have it in one or two H2 tags and I'll have it in the body, maybe the alt tag of my image. Of course, you don't want to stuff it because that's called keyword stuffing where you use it too much and Google is aware of that. But I think the most important thing when it comes to content is user intent. Like, you know, helping solve that reader's particular problem that they're having. You don't just want to talk about generic information related to your keyword, you really want to get in the head of your reader, you know, find out what actual problem they are having and then actually solve it in your article. And <laughs> I think that's a big point that a lot of people miss is like, you're not just writing information, you're, you're actually solving a real problem for the user. And you want them to leave your website happy. You don't want them going to a competitor's website to find information that they didn't find, you know? Yeah. Oh, this is, you've just hit the nail on the head. You just, oh, <laughs> uh, that's, Amazing because there's, I think people have with content sites, they've got the ideology of, all right, I just need to punch out a bunch of content and just get it out there. And I guess we're talking here really about quality over quantity. And I think people forget what quality is. And I think people forget why people are coming to the web page. And they do have a problem. And I think they people forget that they're a real person. And yeah. if, you know, even if we go even more granular, Ben, like 
you said a good experience. You can have the same information on one page or one article and then this as compared to another one, but how it's delivered in yours, if you optimize it to ha- have it be a fun experience, maybe there's some humor in there, maybe there's a bit of your flair and your branding, maybe there's how it's delivered with imagery and, and video or quotes or how the text is broken up with different titles and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think it's very underused. Yeah, I would agree. I've written, I've read some articles that were written by agencies and they might sound good, but like they're, they're very wordy and like mm-hmm. they, the, the sentences are way too complicated. They say the average person reads at like, I forget, like an eighth grade lead, reading level mm-hmm. or something. I'm um, grade three or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, or even lower, whatever. Like, you don't want to use too big of a word like, in your sentences. Uh, you just want, like, just talk naturally in your articles. I, I think that goes a long way without sounding too sophisticated or fancy, you know. I, I think conversational articles do really well and are more enjoyable to read. They're definitely more digestible. And, yeah, yeah I mean, it's not like, I think people. M- <sighs> may hear this and go, all right, cool. Maybe I'll just record something with my voice and, and put it up there. Like, yes and no, you still need to be able to like, not just talk conversationally, but like make it easier to read without putting the likes and the R's and the, the, the weird stuff in there. That's just doesn't flow beautifully. Yeah. Another thing I want to touch on too, is like original research. I feel like a lot of blogs, they just copy information from other blogs and it might not even be accurate, and they're getting watered-down content when they do that. So I think original research takes a lot of work. Well, it takes more work, and I think that's why people avoid it. But my advice is, like, if you're writing an article, like, you can find experts in your niche, you know, by going to Facebook groups. So, you know, if you're talking about skateboards, you know, go and join a skateboard Facebook group and read about the experiences from skateboarders who are, you know, skateboarding every day, right? Like these are these are considered everyday experts that are really accessible at your fingertips. Like, <laughs> so you know you can like search Facebook groups for information and find like real direct experiences about various topics and include them in your article. And you can even quote people from Facebook groups. You know. Yeah, it's it's such a great bit of advice because say that I'm writing about skateboards, but I don't actually. I'm not a skateboarder. And I'm trying to teach people how to do a kickflip or something like this. Like I can go away and read it online and look at five different blogs and then go away and sort of create my own version of it. But a skateboarder is going to create a far better tutorial or piece of information article Mm -hmm. on how to do a kickflip because they're going to speak to the experience that the person who is reading that because that person – that is writing the article has had the experience of going from not being able to do a kickflip to being able to do a kickflip and they've been in the same shoes as somebody who's wanting to learn how to do a kickflip so they can speak directly to that person through experience rather than just all right i've got a bunch of data here that i've just i've got to decipher and and sort of repurpose myself right yeah that's another point like if you have no experience you can share other people's experiences and I think that adds authority to your, your article. It's like, you're not just telling them like how to do a kickflip, kick but you're talking about the experience of doing a kickflip too. It just makes it a lot more personable. 
Yeah, that's that's true. Like you can use other people's stories in the article of like how this one person really wanted to do, do a kickflip and it took them a year to do it and you can talk yeah. about what they went through through that whole year. Yeah, and there's little details you'll pick up too. Like I don't know anything about skateboarding, but maybe <laughs> – Me neither. So maybe some skateboards are better for kickflips, you know, or uh, there's certain kind of wheels or grip or shoes are better, like – all those little details you might not pick up just by reading other blog articles. You know, you have to go directly to the source to other skateboarders to get that information. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, Ben, if someone was to come to you and say, "Hey, like, I want to start a content site or want to, you know, buy one and build one," from your years of experience, what would you tell them if they were to say, hey, Ben, I, you know, what are the main things that I need to focus on and do really, really well that other than, other than what we've talked about now, because I know we've talked about a lot, but what would you, if you were to give them like a quick little short snippet of Ben wisdom, <laughs> what would you tell them? Yeah, I think it's good to get your own experience in building niche websites before you go out and actually just buy one. Because if you don't know anything about SEO or traffic or even what's a good article, like you really don't know what you're getting yourself into when you buy a niche website if you don't know how to judge if a site is good or not. So, you know, get your feet wet. You know, you can build your site. Like I said, focus on low competition competition keywords and just be patient and learn as you go. And if you're building your own website, I recommend picking something that you're excited about or even better have experience in because like I said, if you have experience in the niche, you can you know share your own experiences, and that really adds authority. If you own certain products, you can take your own pictures of them or create videos. And I think websites nowadays should be. I think we should take a, like a holistic approach to websites. You know, having good content and like adding video, and maybe even being on social media. Like, just have a good, well-rounded website. Start something that you can build a brand around, not something like spammy that you're building just for the money. Yeah, I love that you said that because the, yeah. most people are coming to this space of wanting to start a website business or buy one so they can just, just earn money but forget that the people that help them make money are, are actual human beings and yeah. if you create a good digital footprint, like you're saying, is like a brand, like you like create a good digital fit, footprint, it's not just good for Google because they're going to see that your site has EAT but it's going to be good for the user because they can actually put more trust in you because you can, you've got audio and video and imagery and you've got the experience or you've got people that are not even, you know, maybe you don't have the experience of writing about skateboards and you bought one of those websites, but you can hire a skateboarder to be the face of the brand or, you know, get a, a multiple bloggers who are skateboarders to author a bunch of articles, and that's going to build so much more trust and build a better brand than just, yeah, I'm going to try and teach you how to kickflip when I can't even push a skateboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, amazing. So basically, you know, you know, put some love into your website is 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 basically it. That's the perfect end to the podcast. I, I love it. We, there's nothing else can be said. Just mic drop right there, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> Before that, you do drop your mic. Ben, where can we send people to find out more about you and what you're doing? Yeah. Uh, so my software tool is called keywordchef.com. You can sign up for free and use free credits to find keywords. 
And then I also have a Facebook group called Affiliate Niche Builders. And if you ever want to join the group or send me a message, I'm happy to connect. Guys, we'll put links to both both his uh, software tool and to the Facebook group in the show notes. Now, his Facebook group has like 6,500 people in it, probably more, and it's, and it's yeah. a juicy group, so go away and check that out. Again, Ben, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Sure, thanks, Jerry. Guys, that's it for this episode. Now, before we go, I want, to think you, I want you to think of two to three people who are wanting to get online to make some sort of income stream and are thinking about going the content route with a content website, make sure you do them a massive favor and share this podcast episode with them because this is, this is going to help them capitalize on creating a better website with a good brand and love over just something that's generic and going to fall by the wayside. Thanks guys for listening and I'll speak to you soon. 